And so, as Christy mentioned in later episodes, we'll kind of spend a little bit more time. (laughs) No, did I? Yes. I don't think I did. (laughs) Did I? I don't think I I actually say that. (laughs) Good, you should know me by now. (laughs) We've known each other for like. So everyone that doesn't know, I did not call you Christy. No, there's no chance. Rewind the tape. Welcome to Money on Our Mind. This is the part where we tell you that nothing we talk about should be considered financial advice, and this episode is for entertainment purposes only. I'm Gareth. And I'm Chrissy. We are the co-founders of Victrify, a technology-based education company located in Georgia. We provide interactive and relatable financial education content to schools and organizations. And we really believe that if you know how to manage your money, anything is possible. We know it sounds cheesy, but we truly (laughs) believe that it's true. On this week's episode, we're going to tackle the topic of budgeting and certain things that you should always take into consideration. And we're really going to dive into Gareth's search for a new apartment. And once again, before we get started, we just want to remind everyone that we are an independent podcast. So don't worry, we're not trying to sell or influence you on anything. Uh, You can find out more about our financial courses at victrify.com. That is V-I-C-T-R-E-E-F-I.com. So before we jump into today's topic, Chrissy, uh, I do have to ask, do we have any updates on Moneyville? Absolutely. So for anyone that is just... Uh, you know, curious about what Moneyville is, just learning about Victory Fi. We partner with uh, Girl Scout councils around the country in addition to colleges to provide financial education. And we've partnered with a council out in Texas and we have created the city of Moneyville where I get to have my own power trip and I am the mayor of Moneyville. And, you know, Girl Scouts from third to seventh grade participate on the city council of Moneyville as alder women. And, um, you know, they really make all the fiscal decisions and they're making city policies. It's really fun. The girls very much get into it. But this week we had a little bit of a coup and these girls wanted to change the name of Moneyville. So, you know, we had to take a vote. The older women of Moneyville had a heated debate about whether or not being named Moneyville was a little you know, pretentious, maybe they were thinking maybe there's a a better name to name the city. And it was really fun just to see these girls hash it out and, you know, discuss with each other what they thought about Moneyville. And we had all different opinions. In the end, the um, older women took a vote and decided to keep the Moneyville name. But it was really fun. And it was a hot debate, Gareth. So it was it was pretty fun. (laughs) Sounds like you're going to have to be careful, though, Chrissy. There could be some sort of revolt. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The mayor might be ousted. Who knows? (laughs) All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll check back in next week for any more updates on Moneyville. So how many how many weeks are left? So we have six weeks. The girls have a a few major projects that they're going to, you know, design and implement. And then coming in about four weeks. There's a big natural disaster. So we will see how the alder women of Moneyville handle that. I will keep everyone updated. It is very exciting. So we'll um, keep you on your toes. Keep the girls on their toes too. All right. Great. Well, uh, we're all looking forward to hearing the outcome. Um, And hopefully everyone survives the natural disaster. 
Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, so with that out the way, uh, let's get started on this week's topics. So we, we indicated that before we're going to talk about budgeting. And so budgeting is obviously a huge wide ranging topic, uh, that can encompass a whole load of different items. Uh, but today, you know, we are going to talk about my thoroughly exciting apartment (laughs) search and things that, you know, you should probably take into consideration, not only when looking for an apartment, uh, but also how that can be incorporated into your monthly budgeting and whether you can afford where you want to live. Excellent. I, I am so excited. I'm excited to see what all you've been looking at, Gareth. So, so far, Gareth's, um, Gareth's been pretty lucky with the places he's lived. So hopefully you find something amazing. Um, yeah, I've also moved about a billion times in the past <laughs> three years. So I'm kind of used to it at this point. So you're point. the expert. You really, you know, you're the guy to know. Yeah. So um, we thought, you know, I'll just kind of ask Gareth a couple questions and see what your thoughts are. And you can kind of give some advice to everyone out there, all of our students, you know, kind of what they should be looking for and considering since you have so much experience in searching for a new apartment. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. So mm, let's just start out pretty easy. You know, we're kind of like we said at the beginning, we're focusing on budgeting. So thinking about how much of your monthly income you should spend on your rent. So Gareth, what percent of your monthly income, and that's pre-tax monthly income, would you recommend or do you at least try to stick with um, that you would spend on your rent each month? Yeah. So I know there's a lot of flexibility when it comes to trying to find a place to live, whether you get roommates, the quality of the place you're living at, the location of where you look at. But the absolute concrete rule that I always hold myself to is never spending more than 30% of your pre-tax income. Um, I know that's sort of a general rule of thumb that's often praised in different circles, um, but I think it, you know, it holds true. And that's sort of what I've lived by ever since that, you know, I've graduated college and it served me well. So that's the hard and fast rule that I live by. Um, And just to kind of provide a bit more clarity on, so it's 30% of your pre-tax income. So that's before any sort of deductions for healthcare, retirement, taxes, or any other deductions that you get before you see what shows up in your bank account. So that that 30% is what I kind of focus myself on. And then when I have that number in mind, I essentially set the set the cutoff limit on Zillow or apartments.com to, to, as that is my max. And so that's where my search begins. No, that's so great. And you're right. Sometimes it's daunting, especially when maybe you're looking for your first apartment and you just don't even know where to start. And the perfect place to start is price, you know, so you can already eliminate certain things that are above your price range. So we'll, we'll keep going and learn a little bit more about what else you'll look at, but that's just the perfect starting point, Gareth. Okay. So rent is not the only cost that you're going to have to cover And, you know, we do know there are utilities and different things like that. And within our courses for all of our college students, we definitely discuss, you know, all the living expenses. 
But there's some things that are really directly tied to, you know, tied within your rent. It might be add-ons when you might be considering maybe a larger apartment complex. And so some of those things might be trash fees, parking fees if you have a parking lot, um, different services like that. So how how do you factor that in, Gareth? You know, is that part of the 30%? Do Is that, you know, part of you, your, your additional discretionary items? How, how do you think about that when you're looking at, at an apartment? Yeah, so that, that's that's a really good question, Chrissy. So I I take the base rent as to be under that 30% threshold. And I consider all of the other add-ons to fall in that 50, 30, 20% budgeting rule that we've talked about in our courses. And just if you haven't gone through our courses, the 50% is used for your needs on a monthly basis. Your 30% are used for your sort of discretionary expenses. And the 20% is what you leave for saving. So that, and that 50, 30, 20 is your post tax income. So that's, that's sort of the, the diff- difference here between what I indicated to begin with being 30% of your pre-tax income and all the add-ons and all the fees are within that 50% of your post-tax income. Um, however, I do always try to make sure that all of the add-ons and all of the fees are below that 30% threshold of your pre-tax income. And so, you know, what I've kind of noticed over, you know, the past few years that I've moved around and lived in different apartment complexes is, is the fact that as you live in a lot of these places that are managed by the larger landlords or the larger corporations, is that they often tack on a lot of fees on top of your base rent. So let's say that you find a one bedroom for $1,100 and you think it's, you know, a relatively good deal based on a place that may have a high cost of living, you know, there could be an additional $250 worth of fees that they add on just for the privilege of living at this specific place. And so, you know, that, that base rent is obviously really important because that's going to be the majority of your cost, but it's also really important to, you know, call up the the property management office and ask them how much they're charging for trash. If they do, how much they charge for parking, if they do, whether they force you to buy their internet and cable package. Um, all of these things are, can get very, very frustrating. Um, but it's something that you just need to have basically written down when you get a quote from them as to how much it's going to cost there. Um, so those, those are all the, fees that I try to take into consideration. And optimally, I'm always trying to get everything underneath that 30% threshold and definitely below the 50% needs threshold. No, I think those are great, great, you know, goals to have just to make sure that you can really control your expenses because, you know, as we discuss, it's, that's such a good place to start, you know, controlling your living expenses because you really have a lot more um, ability to account for those. So I think that's wonderful. Okay, so next question, how do you balance deciding where you're going to live versus where you work or maybe where you like to spend time? You know, you can save money if you live a little further away from the city center or something like that, but there also could be an added cost in transportation, you know, driving, or if you're having to get a rideshare service, maybe you want to go downtown, you know, after work or on the weekends with your friends. How do you kind of balance where you live versus where you spend your time, you know, either during the workday or after work? How do you pick that spot? 
Yeah, so I think it's a very it's a very fine line. Um, personally, I don't mind living a bit further out and having a about a fifteen to twenty minute commute. Um, I think that that price decrease in rent that you typically experience saves you much more than what you pay in gas. Um, so I, that's my typical preference. And plus I don't mind driving, you know, 15, 20 minutes in the morning gives me an opportunity to listen to my favorite victory five podcast. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I, 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 that's, that's sort of my preference. Um, but on the other side, I'm not going to go live two hours away from, from my work. Right. Because I think that my time is, um, becomes valuable and, two hours is a little bit too much for me personally. Um, I know some people have to do that. Um, but for me, I try to stay within 20, 15 to 30 minutes or so, uh, of, of where I'm going to be, uh, working. Excellent. Okay. My last little thing I would love to hear your thoughts on what about security deposit? So, you know, first and last month's rent, how, you know, how do you like to prepare, you know, because if you're moving around apartments, hopefully you're getting your security deposit back from one of them. But how do you, pr- you know, prepare to make that deposit? Because that can be a pretty significant chunk of of someone's savings, especially if you're right out of school and you might not have a lot of money saved up. Do you have any tips on how you can save up your security deposit to get ready to live on your own? Yeah. So a couple of things here. Um, one is being part of that 50, 30, 20% rule that we had touched on before, you know, 20% of being savings. So what I typically do is I've, you know, allocated a certain amount of money that I'm saving each month towards that 20%. And I use that money to pay for my security deposit. Um, And one thing I've sort of noticed recently is that, you know, sort of the large commercial landlords aren't charging what you would expect a security deposit to be. So for instance, I think the general rule of thumb previously, maybe like five, 10 years ago, was that you would always pay one month's worth of rent up front um, as your deposit. But now it seems like many places, if you have good credit, they're not making you either pay anything or it's maybe like a quarter of one month's rent. Um, So I don't know what caused the change in that, but if you're, you know, if you find somewhere like that to live, and that's where you're, you you know, you can afford and whatnot, you might not have to have one month's worth of rent, you know, in savings or, or whatever it may be to kind of cover that security deposit. Um, the other thing I just wanted, I want to mention too, when it comes to um, trying to find apartments is that it's always worth it to try and call these places to see if they're running specials. Um, and so it might not always be presented online, Um, you may have to just call them and ask, but it's always worth it because you never know, you know, if they're running a two months free or just a reduced rent overall, um, those rates can really help you maybe might afford one of those places that were, was previously above your budget, but with those discounts and specials, it might fall below. Um, and I know, especially, you know, during COVID, a lot of a lot of these apartment buildings were losing tenants. Um, so these specials were kind of readily available. Um, I know now they're becoming less prevalent, but they're definitely still out there. So it's definitely worth trying to call someone and ask. Um, the worst they can do is say no. So just a little, little insight into 
into apartment hunting. I feel like that is such a good rule for life, though, like a good victory fight rule. Always call for a better deal. You know, you never get a better deal just online. You always ask. You yeah. always ask for a discount. Always. That is such a good And all they can do is rule. say no. Exactly. And whatever. Nothing, else, and nothing, worse, nothing worse than that can happen. Exactly. Yeah. So don't be don't be scared to ask for a rate special or anything like that. Um, it's always so worth it. And like Gareth said, it, you know, it can it can just let you maybe live where you'd really like to live. You you never know unless you ask. So I think that is such a good piece of advice. And typically when, you know, these places offer two months off or six weeks free, they just take that off of each month's rent, right? So it's not as though you, you're just not paying rent for an entire month or for six weeks or whatever the time frame may be. They just basically take that out of your 12 months to rent. Oh, so you're paying basically a reduced monthly rent each month. So if that, you know, $1,300 apartment was way above your budget, with that special, that could come down to like eleven hundred a month, right? And it might be able to fit your budget. So that's that's a way to think about these specials and how they work. So you did mention the fifty thirty twenty rule several times, and it is just so important. So I feel like maybe we should talk about it a little bit more. The you know fifty percent of your post tax income we talked about that should be spent on living expenses. The thirty percent on discretionary and not, items. And Chrissy, not just living expenses, right? Just needs. So yeah. everything that you need for to live each month. That's fifty yes, percent of your post tax income. Absolutely. Um, so that's utilities. That's internet. That's phone bill. It's groceries, not eating out, uh, just groceries, Woo. Um, <laughs> rent, car payment, student mm-hmm. loan payment. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah, everything, everything that is part of your needs that you need. It's kind of easy, you know, you need to stay healthy and well, you know, like stay in school, feed yourself, bathe, <laughs> you know, all of that. <laughs> Um, and then 30 is the fun. That's the once, which we can touch on that in a second. But those are the fun, you know, discretionary items. And then 20%, we encourage you to save 20%. If, you know, if least, possible, if you know, possible. get, you know, save that money. Because like we said, you know, you never know when you might need it. There could be an emergency. You could want to go on a trip. We'll talk about that in another episode. There are so many fun things you could use savings for. So always try to set some aside and then the 30, those are the fun things you can spend money on all the time. So those are great. And, you know, those are the wants. So do you have anything to, to say about your yeah, wants? Just it's in terms of the, the structure behind the 50, 30, 20, right? Because when you say that, it sounds like the order should be, you know, 50% should be of your 50, needs. It should be 20, 50, 30, in my opinion. Yeah. Hot yeah. take. 20, 20, 50, 30 or 50, 20, 30, right? So for for me um you know the discretionary f- quote fun money is what i should care least about right so i need to make sure that i have enough to cover but that's not my savings true. goal who <laughs> doesn't like that <laughs> the most <laughs> well i try i try to i try to be i try to follow what i should be doing whether that actually happens every time well not necessarily but i i know what i should be doing so the 
20%, you know, at least 20% should be saved, 50% at least to cover my needs. And then the rest, whatever's left over can be, you know, however I want to spend it each month. Um, so I just think that sometimes the way that rule is laid out doesn't necessarily achieve what's potentially possible when you follow Mm -hmm. that rule. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, but 30s, the 30s, my favorite, (laughs) (laughs) but no, and savings are also, that's savings are also very fun. Um, and then also, you know, I take it back because living expenses, I really like where I live. So, you know, like create a lifestyle, follow this rule to create a lifestyle that you really enjoy. It doesn't have to be extravagant, but you can kind of afford, you know, the little luxuries. Like I really like, you know, I have a little nook for my desk in my house and it, you know, like that's so nice and creating that for yourself, just follow this rule and you can create all these little fun niceties within your life. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, everyone. Well, thanks for this week. I hope you enjoyed listening to my ever interesting story of apartment hunting and things that I take into consideration. Hopefully that you can learn maybe one or two things from the billion times that I've moved and seen with different apartments and different landlords. And as Chrissy mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, we will dedicate another episode in the future to spend more time on that 20% or that savings allocation of your monthly budget. Absolutely. And tune back in next week when Gareth moves again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And definitely look us up on social media. You can find us on Instagram at VictoryFi. You can find us on Facebook at VictoryFi and on Twitter at VictoryFi1. We'll see everyone next week. Thank you. Bye.